Hey, I'm Jen. In life, I've learned that adversity is a stranger to no one. The way we cope is a huge indicator of our character. We want to make choices from confidence, empowerment, and trust instead of letting our circumstances control us. Let's talk about how. This is episode J, Just Take the Next Small Step. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I have another guest for you, Stephanie Luares, and you might also hear another guest. My son, Brant, is out here with me as I'm recording because I already had him in his pack and play for an interview that I had, and my older son is at preschool, so this is the time that I have to record. He has not really taken a morning nap for a while, so we just make it work. Given that information, I will try to keep this introduction short. Win-win for both of us, right? So first is name the emotion. And the first one that I thought of was how my sister-in-law and brother just got a puppy. And I've been seeing their adorable Facebook and Instagram posts about their cute little guy. And it's just been so fun to see him so happy. It's neat that animals can do that for us. I'm not a huge animal person, but I've seen the effect that they can have on other people's lives. So... Sometimes all you need is a puppy to just brighten your life and switch things up. (laughs) The next emotion is heartwarming. And this is an example from my life. Rowan, my older son, is used to me driving him around because I'm his primary caretaker during the day while daddy's at work. And we were going somewhere as a family one evening and... Rowan asked if mommy could drive instead of daddy and daddy said, Rowan, why do you want mommy to drive? And he, his voice got really quiet and he said, because I love her. It was just so cute. Melts your heart. Anyway, gotta love those emotions too. And then my last one is also an example from my life because that's all I have to work with for a bit. And it is resistance. I've kind of overbooked myself with podcast interviews lately and I've been feeling the reluctance to start them. But every time I do, I really enjoy the conversation. It's really good. I am hosting guests as well as being a guest on other people's podcasts. So that's kind of increased the load too. But again, I'm always grateful for it after there's just that little bit of resistance before. And it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. So that was the emotion that I named. Okay, on to my list for the week. My list for you this week is my top 10 favorite scents. They're in no particular order because that would be hard to think of how I wanted to rank them, but they just kind of came as I thought of them. So first is cinnamon. I love anything cinnamon sugar, churros, cinnamon rolls, cinnamon toast, all those things. So the smell of it just oh, really gets me and it, it smells so cozy and yummy. Next is peach. That's probably my favorite soap scent or lotion scent. Oh yeah, peaches. That's a good one. Next, I just wrote down tropical, but that's anything like pineapple, mango. I love pina coladas. So those are good scents for candles and things like that. The next one is campfire, which again, I have a love-hate relationship with that because, you know, your clothes smell like the campfire after you go camping, but also all the memories that come along with it, camping and s'mores and sitting around the fire. That's probably why I love it. 
And next to counteract that is fresh laundry. It's always good to wash your laundry after campfire, getting the campfire smell out. And I also wrote laundry slash sheets because that's great climbing into bed and just smelling your fresh sheets. Oh, love it. Next is crockpot meals. Again, there's some memories tied with this because once you smell the crockpot meal, it smells like ease and preparation and effortless because crockpot meals are so easy and they smell so good. <clears throat> the next one is Axe Phoenix deodorant. That's the kind my husband uses. And they also have Phoenix like men's cologne or body spray, but that's too strong for me or it doesn't smell the same. It's gotta be the deodorant. When I was working at Macy's in college, I would just go to the deodorant aisle just to smell that one. <laughs> Next is newborns. Mm, who doesn't love cuddling a newborn and smelling their heads? Oh, so fresh. So nice. Next is popcorn. Again, probably because of the memories, you know, it just elicits the idea of a good time and cozy, relaxing movies. And last is fresh basil mm. again whenever it comes through my line at the grocery store or when i'm at the grocery store just buying a fresh basil plant mm. that basil smells so good i guess cilantro would kind of go along with that too i like cilantro okay those are my top 10 favorite scents what are yours last but not least are some quotes before we get into the interview like the title of this episode says, just taking the next small step is how we make progress, how we build empowerment. And yes, it also reminds me of the Frozen 2 song, Just Do the Next Right Thing. So hopefully that's not stuck in your head. But my first quote is, yard by yard, it's hard. Inch by inch, it's a cinch. And it's so true. When we break things down, they don't seem as bad. They seem more manageable, more easier to tackle. So that's the first one. Second quote is, even the smallest actions are a step in the right direction. It's hard to remember sometimes, but just progress. And even the littlest amount of progress is still progress and should not be discounted. Small victories, right? And then in this episode with Stephanie, we also talk about the importance of other people and their perspectives and their insights. So that's what this quote has to do with. I might have shared it before it's directed towards teachers, but of course it's applicable to all people, all humans. It's by Robert John Meehan, and he says, The most valuable resource that all teachers, people, have is each other. Without collaboration, our growth is limited to our own perspectives. And I love that. I say all the time, oh, how we need each other. And now on to the interview. Well, I'm here with Stephanie. Hello. Good evening. Good morning, whatever time it happens to be. Exactly, right? And would you mind introducing yourself to your to my listeners and of course to me? I this is the first time we've met. Absolutely. Well, I am Stephanie Loueris. I'm the owner of Heart and Soul Fitness and Wellness, uh, located in Lake Havasu City, Arizona, but I serve people literally around the world. I'm a body positive personal trainer, fitness nutrition specialist, author and speaker. And that's a lot of titles to say my goal is to help you feel good in your body, whatever that looks like. I love it. And I love in the 
the email you sent me that you focus on holistic habit change. And I just feel like that's all encompassing. And if we're going to change one area, why not work on them all, right? Absolutely. So you mentioned also in your email that you used to be a pastor and then you moved into health and wellness. What was that switch like? Um, that was a big adjustment, uh, being a pastor for almost 20 years and then just kind of looking around seeing that, uh, where I was, wasn't probably the best environment to be in. And as I had come through my health and wellness journey of losing over 200 pounds, getting into endurance sports, all the things I had become a personal trainer and got my nutrition certifications out of my desire to understand what my coaches were teaching me. Mm. I'm just, I'm that big nerd. I got to have that information. And so as I, we were, my husband and I were exiting ministry, uh, it was very natural for me to move into this space because I knew I would always serve people, but instead of on that global perspective, it was now in this very niche area of, I want to serve people in their personal wellness to know that they're not alone because there's so much noise in this space that it's easy to get overwhelmed and just not take care of ourselves. Yeah, so true. And so you said you did it without commercial diets. What did that look like? And I heard you mention endurance sports. Was that your main focus? That that came later on. Oh. Um, so for me, I'm a very detail-oriented person, very goal-driven. And so when I had come to this point where things got a change, I knew it wasn't going to be a diet. I was placed on my first diet at five years old. Mm. I have been on every diet under the sun, you name it. I've tried it. I've gained and lost hundreds and hundreds of pounds in my life. I had resigned that dieting clearly doesn't work. But at the same time, I'm physically not well, feel not feeling well. I'm not engaged emotionally. My spiritual life is very stagnant and just life looks good on the outside, but life is not good and mm. something had to change. And looking at what that would be, I didn't want to overwhelm myself. Like the whole New Year's resolution, we overhaul everything overnight, might last a few days, a few weeks, but then ultimately it collapses. So I looked around at what's the one thing I can do. I started with just drinking water mm-hmm. and it wasn't like, let me get my giant jug of water and the crazy water challenges. It was a six ounce cup of water and a kitchen timer. Every time that obnoxious timer went off, it was one of the old school ones with that bell that rattles your brain. Mm-hmm. I'd have to get up, go to the other end of the office where the water cooler was, fill that little cup and repeat over and over all day long. Then the next goal, okay, well, what's the next thing I can try? I've become consistent in this. I was going through the drive-through usually about twice a day to feed me and my husband. So I'm like, all right, we're going to cook at home. Doesn't matter what we're going to cook at home, but we're going to cook at home. Becoming consistent, then it's like, okay, let's look at what 
is actually being prepared. How can we make some different choices that really help us to feel good? And so as I'm gaining momentum in this, I'm just naturally losing weight from healthier habits and start to feel like, okay, maybe physical movement might be, might be next up. Now, being in a body that was 200 pounds heavier than I am right now, I was very close, close to losing my mobility. Mm. And so in my mind, the only thing I could do was walk. Mm. And so it was to the end of the street and back, and I wanted to die. And I did it in flip flops, because putting on shoes would just have been too much work. Mm. But then that walk up and down the street became around the block, around the neighborhood, further and further, building up that stamina. And then one day I'm out and I'm like, I don't know where this thought came from. Like, I've got to figure this out someday. But I'm like, I wonder if I can run. Now, I'm the kid that fakes sick in gym class. So the idea of running, foreign concept. Mm -hmm. But I run to this stop sign like 50 yards away. And again, it's that I want to die feeling. But also there, something clicked. And I'm like, I got to figure out this fat girl running thing because there's something to this I think I like. <laughs> so going through doing all the research and you know, coming up with the next plan to move forward, it became 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, jumping over into triathlon. And now I'm, you know, those that crazy person that trains for Ironman distance races. Mm. And all of this happened through what's the next thing that I can logically do today. There was no point of intentional dieting of that restriction of the things that we commonly think about in diet culture in our society. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Your story is so inspiring because it's those baby steps that they seem more manageable than just overhauling, like you mentioned. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that because I don't, I don't know a lot of people that who are genuinely motivated to exercise and eat well, you know, I don't know, I shouldn't say that, I guess. But for the most part, the people I hang around with, it's hard to get motivated, it's hard to stay motivated. And so just doing that next thing, the baby steps, those things will help us eventually in the long run. So I love that. And what would you say empowered you to, to keep going or did you see progress or was it just a mindset shift over time? All of the above. Yeah. And, you know, th that was just the physical changes that took place. At the same time, as I'm going through this process, I'm seeing the different areas that emotional growth needs to be fixed up. My spiritual growth needs to be fixed up and built. And, you know, I, I have PTSD. I was not coping with life in any positive way. So it was actually employing the coping mechanisms that I knew were edifying, learning and bringing the support around for the things I didn't really know how to handle. And even on that spiritual side, you know, who is holding me accountable? Who is encouraging that growth? Who's there cheering me on? Because I believe when we look at those three areas, that physical, that emotional, and that spiritual, when we're building up one, there's a natural inclination for the others 
to start to grow. But if we focus in just one area, I don't think we get that sustainable change. We have to be growing across the board, maybe not at the same rate in each area, but there's some type of forward momentum bringing it all up. Hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's so true. They're all interconnected. So that's so neat. What would your advice be to someone who wants to start, but just hasn't even made that first step yet? Well, there's, there's a couple different things that we look at. The first thing is, like I said, what is the one small thing that you can do right now that fits into life? Maybe that you might enjoy because if it's not small and fits into life, it's easy to cast aside. Mm-hmm. You know, when we look at those grand sweeping programs that we bring in and set it over the structure of life we already have, we start to see the disconnects between our time, between our kids, between our tastes and food, even the financial constraints of going through something like that. And so just by starting small, it's really easy to implement one small thing at a time on a daily basis. The other side of that is getting really clear on what what you want to do and where you want to go. The the easiest way that I use to describe this is someone can walk into my office or get on my Zoom screen and say, I want to lose 20 pounds or whatever. And that's great. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with the desire to lose weight. But what does losing weight achieve for you? Like, why do you want to lose weight? Mm-hmm. And so we start to probe a little bit deeper. Well, I want to feel better. Okay, well, why do you want to feel better? What does that look like? Want my clothes to fit better. I want to be able to bend over and pick something up off the floor. I want to keep up with my kids or my grandkids. Mm -hmm. And we start to get some really deep answers when we continue to ask that question, why? And so then those answers show us the little things to do that feed into cardiovascular endurance, balance, strength, mobility, stability, nutrition, all the things that someone can be working on in little bite-sized pieces to get to how they want to feel. Now, you can achieve all of those little actions and really get to that that place that you envision, this is how I want to feel, whether or not the scale has actually changed. So we, we really separate that apart because you might, might or might not lose that 20 pounds, but you improved a lot of things. You likely changed your body composition and you've altered some health outcomes that were important to you. Yeah, I love that. It's true. There needs to be a shift there because focusing on your why can really make it clear and help you maybe see the big picture or the real reasons you're doing things. So that's good. And then I love what you touched on before too. Once you got consistent with your water, it was easy to go on to the next thing. So I feel like consistency is a huge form of empowerment. The more Mm -hmm. you're 
more, the more you do something, the easier it is to do it. <laughs> exactly. The next logical place in this conversation is accountability. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, that's a dirty word. We don't <laughs> like to be held accountable. That's true. It, it's, it's somewhere along the line, it's gotten this negative connotation. Mm. And accountability is at its very base, the people, the programs and the structures that help us to succeed. Mm. And it's not necessarily always that cheerleader on the sidelines saying you can do it. And it's also not just the person that's given us the little kick in the rear when we're not staying true to what we committed to. There's that nice place in the middle where, yes, you're getting both ends of the spectrum, but you're also getting the resources that you need. You're getting the referrals and just a place to vent and really start to work out things that you might not be successfully doing on your own. And mm -hmm. that accountability provides another set of eyes to say, hey, have you thought about this? Because inevitably, there always is going to be boundaries and mm -hmm. barriers that we come up against. And we're just smacking against the wall, smacking against the wall. But someone else can look at the same situation and they can see a solution that's going to help us go above, under, around and get rid of that barrier completely. And so it's, it's so essential that we build those places of accountability into our life. And for everyone, it's going to look different because we all know ourselves enough to set that aside in what is, where am I not going to be able to make excuses where, or who, who's the person that's going to call me on those excuses and really start to form a relationship in a place where it's safe to grow. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. We so need each other. So that's good. Bringing in an outside perspective. Is that how you see your role or do you often refer your clients to someone else or encourage your clients to find someone else who will be that accountability person or both. Both. You know, my, my purpose is to provide you and empower you with the skills and the resources and the information that you need to achieve your goals, whether it's you're working out alongside me or we're just sitting in a coaching session you're getting what you need to move forward. And it looks different for everyone. Some people just need that little bit of someone backing off because ultimately we have to be the ones to do the work. No one can do it for us. Right. And so it might just be in that guidance role. And so for me, it's I'm providing you this, but you're finding that support elsewhere. And I think that's the importance too, of having a really good referral network, because I realize I'm not everybody's best fit. And also I have limitations on the scope of my practice. I can only go to certain limits in certain areas. And then it's time to pass you off to this person who's going to serve you a lot better than I can. And that for me is 
one of the values that I hold in my business is cultivating this very rich referral network of people I know, people I trust and what they do so that I can say, hey, I want you to go talk to this person because they're going to have that missing piece that you're not getting right now. Hmm. And I think that's important too. Yeah, for sure. Everyone has different talents. And like you said, everyone fits better together at certain times or in certain ways. So that's great. When you're working with your clients, do you mostly focus on the physical then? Or because I know we were just talking about how the spiritual and the emotional come alongside with it. Do you feel like you coach on that too? Or? Yes. Um, Within boundaries. I mean, I am not a licensed therapist, but I have many years experience in pastoral counseling. So there is that place where, you know, it's also that trust in any relationship. You, You think about your hairdresser, you think about you know, the, the nail tech, or, you know, it's that natural place to start spilling things out. Well, the same happens with exercise. Mm -hmm. Like as you're getting into conversation, as you're getting to know somebody, you start to get deeper. You start to naturally have conversations that aren't just, you know, how's the weather today? Mm -hmm. And so we really look at that but also specifically in that emotional and spiritual area, you know, there are things that we do work on because they are interconnected. Our emotional life plays a big part of our food behaviors. Mm-hmm. You can't ignore one without the other. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that we do work on. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so I'm a big quote collector. I neglected to ask you beforehand, but is there a quote that resonates with you or keeps you going or something that you have posted around that you like? I don't know. It's a broad question. I have lots of things surrounding my computer monitors here, but the two that I always come back to is a quote from the life coach, Rhonda Britton. And she says, are you making it up or is it true? Because we are fabulous at making up our own stories of what's going on instead of what's reality. And I am just as guilty of that as everybody. (laughs) I can come up with some amazing stories that are not the actual situation. (laughs) And so I have that posted because I need that reminder of, wait a minute, is this actually the case or have I spun this in some way to get an advantage, to make myself the victim, to make things more complicated. I love it. That, that's an important one for me. Yes. And the other one is simply, I will always find a way. Mm. And it sounds a little bit Pollyanna, <laughs> but I really am of the belief that anything is possible. And it comes back to that idea of you know, going up under around the barriers that we reach. And and so many of the people that I work with have chronic illnesses, chronic conditions are coming back from injury, need some type of modifications or adaptations and exercise for whatever reason. Maybe they've just been sedentary for a long period of time. 
And so when, you know, sometimes that idea of anything is possible is really big. And they're like, that doesn't apply to me, (laughs) but it does because you can break it down. You can look at it in another way. It might not look the same as somebody else doing the same thing, but you can do it. Hmm. Yes. Well, those were great. I love that you had them right on your mind because they were perfect for our conversation. Um, well, I just really love your personality. It's just so contagious. You can just tell you're a go-getter. You're, you really mean what you say. You're just going to go for it. I love it. And especially that you've been through the hard, you've been through all that experience, you've done the work, you've made the change that just adds so much meat to your, to your message that you you've experienced it all. And it goes great with my podcast A is for adversity because going through the heart is what makes us stronger at the end. So I love it. How can my listeners get in touch with you if they want to work with you? I am all over social media on some iteration of heart and soul fitness and wellness. Um, And soul is spelled S-O-L-E. But the easiest place is my website, heartandsoulsolefit.com. All my goodies are there. All my information is there. You can even get on my calendar for a conversation. And let's talk about your wellness, how you feel, what you want. And like I said, if I'm not the right fit, then I probably have somebody I can send you to based on what your needs are. I love it. And I love what you're doing. So thank you so much for helping people. And I'm excited to share this with my listeners. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good rest of your night. Yes, you too. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. You can find me on Instagram at adversity or email me at genbank16 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you.